0: Keycard presents Back Issue Bloodbath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Patoola Neal. He's the best there is at what he does, except when it comes to being a samurai, being in love, or dealing with his own emotions. Welcome to Back Issue Bloodbath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Patoola Neal. And this week we're looking at everybody's favorite knucklehead. Wolverine but you want to say something yeah Knucklehead Knucklehead that's right. that is one of his nicknames uh, fine. He, he's the old Knucklehead he's Wolvie he's Logan he's Patch he's Wolverine this week we're actually looking specifically at the first ever Wolverine solo story of course Wolverine made his first appearance in Incredible Hulk 181 mm-hmm. as uh, a member of uh, Department H the Canadian fake Canadian secret service that's uh, presented in Marvel comics he then ended up joining the X-Men of course giant size X-Men number 1 which made the the X-Men an international team and uh, spent a number of years in the book as the resident powder keg like just ready to get angry at a moment's notice just a big ball of fury and it's around this time the character started to gain popularity because Artist Dave Cockrum, who wasn't a big fan of drawing Wolverine, had left the book. And John Byrne, a Canadian, decided that Wolverine was his favorite character to draw while he was drawing the X-Men, and so started featuring him more in prominent places during group shots and battles and things like that, to the point that Claremont then, of course, would write more material for him, and he'd become a sensation, he'd become a hit. But there were some writers and artists that still saw him as a Johnny One Note. But editorial was like, hey, you got something here with this Wolverine. Let's do a series. And it was, uh, I believe, in 81. Let me see here. So basically, it was a trip back from, uh, it was along the coast of California. San Diego Comic Convention had just ended. And Chris Claremont and Frank Miller are driving up north on the I-5. And they start talking about comics. Because, of course, professionals in the industry, that's what they're going to do and chris mentions to frank that editorial wants him to do like a wolverine solo story and he thinks frank would be a, the perfect person to draw it and frank's like i have no interest in drawing a one note character who's just you know a little berserker psycho sorry and claremont was like well i don't want to write that character this i want to bring some depth to him and then they started to have like a deep conversation about wolverine and claremont told miller that he saw wolverine as a failed samurai the idea of the duty honor grace wolverine had the want and desire of all these things but his own internal berserker rage that animalistic intensity that he has was a big hindrance for him finally achieving that honor and that grace and so he's a constant struggle of the character that's when they started to really break down like what drives these two forces together what pushes them apart uh, what is it about Wolverine that uh, makes him want to be the man that he's so struggling so hard against the man he is. And by the end of that, Miller was convinced and the two started working on the story. And the only idea they had at the beginning was we're going to take him and we're just going to bust him down till he has nothing. And maybe we'll give some of it back. <laughs> and that was the jumping off point for what became probably the most beloved Wolverine story of all time filled with, again, those things like honor and grace and the hero's journey and a villain that isn't a mutant, something you'd see in, you know, an action movie sort of thing, something you wouldn't see regularly in an X-Men comic. And that's the the jumping off point for this story. So Petula, had you read this uh, miniseries before?
1: A long time ago.
0: I think I'd
1: read some of the beginning of it back... Around the time that somebody was talking about all of the weird, let's say not weird. Here's the thing, friends. I'm not going to say anything overly critical about your choices in this. All we have to do is look at the whole Star Wars franchise to see like ripping off kind of Asian culture for the kind of ronin, samurai, whatever situation. That said, this is a weird one in that, okay, some things were great. Like all the Asian people didn't look weirdly, horribly racist and or they'd stopped using actual yellow for people's skin. The attempt was made. The attempt was made. And this is uh, something that I think when they did the uh, movie, they kind of tried to fix, but it made it worse. But yeah, that's when I read this. I was like, was it always that bad? And I read the comic. I was like, oh, 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 some of it is great from like a character kind of moment and taking him out of the x-men and out of america so that he could like have his own adventures and that helps sort of build a backstory and yay for once not redheads but yeah tldr yeah i think i got like a drunken argument about like all the weird asian stuff in like the movie and then like read this and was like no it's all bad i don't know what's worse from that perspective
0: <laughs> right 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 <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah but i love him i I love his rage he reminds me of me once a month i feel like it's just great to kind of see him really cut loose and no pun intended and know that like this was when they were still really kind of figuring him out like some of it's great his face like here's the thing you could tell that this guy definitely liked drawing him more because his face and some of them like when it's just sort of like the gritted teeth whatever like that's perfect that's iconic it's like some of his best looks the other stuff where it's like some of his senses like i feel like other versions of wolverine would have figured out the smell thing or they would have made the bad lady hide her scent more right like, we don't have the whole like cigar to like cover like that he's constantly overwhelmed with smells or whatever can see happening here or any of the other stuff or any other reason why he wouldn't figure stuff out faster so I do like that he's like working it out. It's like what I liked about seeing a kind of not yet ready for Netflix comedy special with you. I like seeing like the work in progress because some of this is like, yes, that's classic. Like, oh, my God, like this has been tried and true and lasted forever. And some of the other stuff, it's like, okay they weren't sure. And then other stuff was like, I'm glad I didn't see this again. And while some of the stuff that continued on to modern day with his character background, they did kind of pump back some of the, the common tropes, especially like I think in one of the fight scenes when one of the character said to him that oh like you're more Japanese than like no never do that never say that you're more something than somebody who's actually from that culture it's just not cool also coming back to this after all this time I get why the Blackbird is such a great device uh, just in general with their powers but also specifically for Wolverine how does he get on a plane like are there no metal detectors also just like his weight like when you think about how planes work I went down a real rabbit hole in this one. Every aircraft has a minimum takeoff weight known as MTOW that accounts for all fuel, cargo, luggage, passengers like this bothered me.
0: (laughs) Okay. But here's the thing. (laughs) There are certain things you have to let go in order to enjoy comics. Yeah. Wolverine's weight and the metal forged to his body is one of those things you have to let go. It's the same thing as like, you have to let go certain things about Superman uh, Certain things about Batman, certain things about major characters where you go, when you really break it down, go, well, that one, any character that flies or any character that punches somebody in air, like the basic physics of that, when you look at the scientific elements, like they don't work. You know, like if Superman, you see Superman fly through the air and say he punches Darkseid in the face and Darkseid goes flying. In actual physics, they both should be going flying with the amount of force that Superman's using should Propel him just as far back as the person he's hitting. That's so, why I like
1: when those in-the-air fights when they smash into each other and go flying back.
0: Yeah, that's Before the only time back. they use proper physics in those yeah. fights. Totally. So in this sort of situation as well, with Wolverine, when it comes to the adamantium skeleton, you have to have a suspension of disbelief because of the fact that an adamantium skeleton would not work in real life. <laughs> or just like in regular commercial air flight, I feel like Hank and
1: others have worked out the physics of the blackbird to account for everyone's powers. It's like a magic plane, magic school bus, if you will, but underneath the tennis court, Uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. I don't know why I went down the rabbit hole
0: listeners. Once again, marijuana is legal in Canada. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. The other, the other key (laughs) is to remember, like, you brought it up earlier about the, how this book, when you look at it, some things they were still figuring out about Wolverine. That's exactly what this entire mini series was about. Because before that, as I mentioned, during in the X-Men comics, he was just a ball of rage. And mm-hmm. he'd come in and he'd pick a fight. John Byrne's last issue on the book was the Christmas issue. Um, I believe we covered it on the show before with Kitty Pride in the mansion. There's one point where Nightcrawler, you know, bamfs into a position where he can give Mariko, Yashida, a kiss on the cheek with some mistletoe in his hand. And Wolverine loses it and tries to swipe at Kurt and like actually maim him. But of course he bamps out of there and is actually that, that point where he goes, yeah, I just some, some habits die hard. I got to work on my rage. I gotta work on all that. That was the first kind of moment where Claremont started to experiment with the idea of the, the tortured savage type idea, the tortured animal and how he's trying to fight back this animal within himself. And that's what this series is is basically about: is that he sees an avenue to find happiness with the woman that he loves, and then finds out right at the beginning of the story that's like, no, none of that's happening. So then he travels to the place to find out what's happening, and of course that leads him into a new conflict with Mariko's father, who is returned to the family after years to reclaim his place as the head of the Yashida clan, and he has kind of dragged the family name back into a life of crime. And so the first thing he did was he married off his daughter to a businessman who was shady and was not honorable and was a piece of shit. And bounced her off the walls. Quite a bit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, hence the piece of shit uh, thing. Yeah. Yes. A violent man who abuses his wife, but Lord Shingen doesn't care because that man is helpful to him in his endeavors with the Ashida clan and what the the power that they're going to attain uh, in Japan. And so he's now in a position where it's like, oh, so everything's been yanked away from me. How does Wolverine react? With violence, of course. But at first, he tries to go what is considered the honorable route in a duel of combat, but Shingen doesn't play by the rules and starts really beating the crap out of Wolverine, but in a way that nobody who's watching would know that he's cheating. And, of course, that pisses Wolverine off, and the animal comes out, and he shows his teeth, and he shows his claws, and, of course, that's not honorable, and so he is denied a chance to be with his love. And so, he does the other, Wolverine ends up doing the other thing he does, which is goes off in a huff and pouts. And also bangs the first
1: chick he meets. But let's rewind to the Wolverine has some challenges because of his abandonment issues, and his almost feral nature because while he did have as we find out a couple of decades after this in origin series he did have an okay upbringing up to a certain point and then it all broke bad and he doesn't remember that anyway but basically he has almost like sort of like the detachment syndrome that uh child would have if they were separated from their parents too young but he was like separated from the memory of his parents yeah all that to say is his messed up like ownership stuff towards the women that he becomes attached to all just trace back to his inability to truly remember his mother's love maybe is it okay no just because her husband is an absolute piece of garbage it doesn't necessarily mean he's entitled to her like The desire to want to save her, cool. That's like X-Men 101, I approve of that message. The whole because you're mine is, again, we're figuring him out. If anything, current day Wolverine while he may or may not be in a throuple uh, with Gene and Scott and Krako, we're not sure. He's learned how to share. He's learned how to understand just because I want it. Doesn't mean I can have it. Right. This Wolverine is still.
0: Well, this Wolverine very, is a, is a flawed yeah. character who still has to learn that. Of course he Wolverine. still has to learn that. If so, he was, if he was already yeah. there, half the things he did in that first issue wouldn't have happened. Yeah. I would have rooted yeah. for him more if he wasn't yeah. like that. But if, Anything that did make it more
1: interesting. Because as I was going through this, I was like, I kind of. And again, if they were going to redo this story in any way in the new verse, I'd love it. if It was a little more kind of Drew Barrymore ever after where Mariko ends up saving herself while all these men are just doing like patriarchal nonsense around her.
0: Mm. Now, you brought up the other chick, as you put it. (laughs) A side piece.
1: I mean, who hasn't gone out to a bar and smashed a stranger? Listener,
0: come on. on. And that's, that's Yukio. Yeah. Basically, a a fierce fighter and assassin. You know, he doesn't know all this information. He just hooks up with her and they, you know, they, they start fights with people and they drink a lot and they have sex and everything. Dory. He doesn't know that she was hired to kill him by Lord Schengen, but she doesn't want to kill him because she thinks, well, as long as I keep him occupied and I'm, I, I want to be with him, I want to hang out with him, I don't need to worry about killing him screw that but of course they were like we want you to kill him, so you're not fulfilling your part of the contract here's the but-
1: problem the healing the stamina the senses how many assassination attempts has wolverine avoided over the decade century plus change that he's been around just by being above proficient in the sack probably more than he can literally remember
0: <laughs> exactly but the thing is also during this time wolverine's Senses and his abilities, while physically well, his mental senses are off because, of course, he's trying to fix heartbreak with wine, women, and song. And so, got a little residual poison in his system. Exactly. Got
1: super hammered. Yeah. Like body healing. Like, he's definitely he's in a vulnerable state when he meets her. If anything, most of his mistakes with this woman for the next couple of issues, I'll give it to just like PTSD from. Well, like, listen to these lines
0: because at the end, at, at the beginning of each issue, because it was. Something that was very much driven into by Marvel editorial at that time is that the idea that every comic is someone's first comic, even if it is the second issue in a series, the third issue in a series, the hundredth issue in a series, whatever. So we always did like brief introductions within the story.
1: Oh, my God, there's so much exposition. And
0: throughout every issue of this series, Wolverine introduces himself to the readers through narration. The issue two one, though, you know, we're, we're dealing with Wolverine beaten, bruised and bruised ego I'm Wolverine. I'm the best there is at what I do. I used to be a secret agent. I used to be a hero. Now I'm drunk. (laughs) Loving every minute of it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. The, The whole idea is they wanted to bring him to the depths and see how low he can go. And they go pretty low with this character. They go pretty low eventually there is resolution eventually because it's again it's hard to tell an action film type story if there isn't like you know a final big showdown with the big bad and you know the the final fight and all that and that happens and there's elements of martial arts films from the 70s there's elements of action films from the early 80s and in the end wolverine wins the day and uh, him and mariko are set to be wet
1: which is ridiculous (laughs) Like, can we get Marco again? Some therapy, a break, let her heal. Good Lord. She just had a very like abusive marriage and very violently and she's been through it and i i don't know if my first move would be to jump immediately into bed with wolverine and get married like that's a whole like the chafing alone like let's let's (laughs) give her like a mouth a month off at a spa or something just i don't know america girl you you better than me
0: so during this period of this miniseries wolverine wasn't popping up in the x-men books so at the end of course the last page of this miniseries It's the X-Men receiving an invitation to come to their wedding in Japan. And in the X-Men comic, they do go. And because it's Wolverine, it doesn't work out. Because on the day of their wedding, Mariko is hypnotized by Mastermind. And she kind of plunges the family back into a heavy deal with the Yakuza, and keeps them in a life of crime. And she is so shamed by this that she calls off the wedding. And this is after, of course, a big adventure where Wolverine and Rogue have to take on the Silver Samurai and everything like that. But it's just interesting that the idea is that this wedding was supposed to be like Wolverine's final big release. like I can finally be happy. And of course, it doesn't happen, which kind of is the first setup really to the Wolverine will never be happy trope. That is throughout like 30 years, you know? I mean, it's a real Lucy football situation
1: for my boy here. Yeah. Tough times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But like all but I,
1: Canadians, he's got beer.
0: There you go. It's kind of funny you bring up Charlie Brown because you think about Charlie Brown, wears the yellow shirt with the black stripe. Wolverine has worn yellow shirts for years with black stripes. <laughs> weird hair. Different weird hair, but you know. yeah, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The exact opposite of Charlie Brown's hair. Yes. Yeah charlie brown is dealing with alopecia wolverine is dealing with too much testosterone (laughs) yeah it's almost like a
1: combination of charlie brown and snoopy in that like the floppy ears could be the sideburns the dancing could be the berserker yeah
0: yeah 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 Yeah, i wonder
1: speaking could be the
0: feral kind of yeah okay there
1: we go
0: i wonder if len ween and then eventually chris claremont uh actually was inspired by charlie brown and Yeah,
1: was the mood board like the bird snoopy charlie brown oh you're saying
0: woodstocks in there too
1: yellow the yellow Yeah, I mean, we already have them in Charlie Brown shirt, but it's like, the yeah, it's the whole thing. It's mm. all three. Right. Anyway, he, he contains multitudes. This is a great primer. This is a great one to read now while we're all wondering what's going to happen in the uh, live action MCU stuff. As I was going back to this, because, you know, we looked at it recently, come back to it. It was right after I finished binging season two of Bridgerton and remembered the chatter that started after season one about Jonathan Bailey fan casting possibly his options uh, for Wolverine. And he's great. He's another not Canadian. He's British, but he's another musical guy and especially in season one he was like naturally growing these were his real like organic sideburns this guy he's doing a lot of great shirtless work in bridgerton this season and his character has this whole thing where he's like really obsessed with the smell of the lady he's into there's like multiple scenes where he like just leans a little too close and like does like a visible like and it is Listen, Lister, I don't know if you've ever watched Bridgerton. It's it's a whole thing. All I can say is if you just uh, maybe Google... The hashtag canthony and the word smell. You will see animated gifs of this man sniffing at this woman and be like, "Oh, okay, I could see like if anything, that's what put me in the okay. I'm gonna put him on my short list
0: for like good options for Wolverine. And no. he's a little bit
1: shorter than Hugh Jackman, so shorter muscly, but still has
0: the the musical man movement stuff. How about the yeah. entire cast of Bridgerton as the new cast of the X Men? Honestly, you down with that. I'm not mad at it.
1: <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, Joa who plays Lady Danbury. Is maybe a little old to be Storm, but she'd even be a good Storm. Yeah, there's so many options from the whole uh, Bridgerton season one and two cast to be. Yeah, and even a couple. One of the younger Bridgertons, Francesca or the other one, Hyacinth,
0: be a, be a great Kitty. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So uh, I guess hashtag Bridgerton cast for X Men. Get that yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: All of them. All of them.
0: It's a weird
1: time when, you know, we're still inside and all of your things are smushing together in a in a fun way. <laughs> things are starting to happen outside, but should they? Uh, Wolverine just kind of brings me back to a simpler time, a happier time right. of, again, as I've said many times, the only thing I liked about the Civil War crossover. And as annoying as like the heavy exposition, like this is a reader heavy one. Like of the art, it's almost every panel could be blown up to a full Wolverine poster. There's some great posy posy stuff. There's some great stabby stabby stuff. There's this some is definitely, yeah, stuff. this is back
0: during the time that Miller was like yeah. firing on all cylinders as an artist that would eventually degrade in time as his style changed. But this is when I he, I thought he was really prime, yeah.
1: It's it's a weird imbalance because like they they really pack like the first I'd say four pages of every issue with like tons of like not just talking bubbles but like the exposition boxes. But then the back half of almost every issue is just like just pure sweet stabby stabby ultraviolence, and it's a real like show don't tell or it tell too much then only show. Once you get in the rhythm of it, it's a little discord in the first sort of issue and a half, and then you're like, oh, okay, this is what they're doing. They're just gonna give me the full character breakdown because the whole figuring it out thing they are he's evolving and he is at the end of these four issues like if this was all they ever had of wolverine if he's one of those weird characters that like ah it didn't pop like for some reason like maybe this didn't sell and he ended up being the, one of those weird x-men that you hardly ever see or they just bring them in to kill them Mm. this would have been great this would have been like an all timer people would have like been like all inside baseball like oh man this character but it but he was too weird like there was the metal and the canadian and the whatever like they just couldn't figure him out like they tried to like create this whole other thing for him. But instead, this ended up being like the bones, if you will, of like elements that have lived in the character, either in comic books or live action to this day. Some of the best of him and the worst of him is here. And it is enjoyable Uh, if you are from any sort of Eastern Asian background, especially Japanese. I'm sorry to those people might not be for you. Or it might mm. be, because I mean, like so many of us, you're used to your culture being appropriated in weird ways, but understand that they have no idea what they were talking about. And if you just sort of look at it through that lens, maybe it'd be fine. I don't know. I can't tell you how to live your life. There's certain of things that I
0: still can't stand. Anyway, <laughs> that was quite a ride. I do want to say the thing I've always found interesting about this book is the villain, Lord Shingen. This is the only story truly featuring Lord Shingen. I know he's appeared in like flashback stories and dream sequences and stuff since then but this is like his one time to shine his big thing and he's considered one of wolverine's greatest villains to this day just because of the fact that the first time they meet he beats him straight up uh i just watched the film rounders recently for another podcast that i did with some uh some friends it's called the composers podcast and it's funny because in the sense of the two fights between Shingen and Wolverine, they mirror very much (laughs) like Teddy KGB and Mikey's poker games. Of course, these are two totally unrelated things. Of course, routers would be 20 years later, but uh, just kind of funny to me that it's like, yeah, that's a cool story element when you actually have the villain of the piece basically just bitch slap down the hero to the point of like, wow, that hero looks pathetic thing. And then gets beaten at their own game At the end of the story, it's a simple plot device. It's a plot device that's been used many times, but it's effective in a story like this. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's the the storytelling from a structural perspective is almost perfect. Like the bookends, the mirroring of his relationships with his past relationships, the you know, boss fights on both ends. It, It is kind of perfect. And in a way, I like that this guy doesn't become like Wolverine's, you know, Asian Joker or anything. Yeah. Because it's like you got a lot wrong, but you got some stuff right, leave it alone.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. So, yes. Yeah. So I'd say overall, if you're a Wolverine fan and you haven't read the 1982 miniseries, you definitely should. I think it's, uh, as as Petula said, it's the bones of the character and uh, it shows how they were still, you know, trying to tweak the character and find the character's voice. It's really cool. Uh A new trade of the story called Claremont and Miller Wolverine, the deluxe edition, came out this year and it pairs... Not just this story, but it also includes the three issue X-Men issues. Three issues of X-Men that came after this story that deal with the actual wedding. Overall, it's a fun read. And if you're a fan of Rogue, you'll want to read those X-Men issues. A question to you. Were there some panels near the end where Shinjin kind of looked like Professor X to you? Uh, you put a bald guy in a comic. <laughs> it's just going to yeah. happen, you know? That's the thing. Bald guys in comics. They yeah, end up some- not all
1: bald men. I think there's just one. And, and you know, it's because sometimes they go too deep on uh, Xavier's eyebrows. Uh, right, fr- right friend of the podcast, Stephanie, uh, just did like the most hilarious little mini series of like changing what the characters are all talking about using animated X-Men panels on her socials the other day. Right. And there's one where I, I believe it's Jean is just ripping on uh, Xavier's eyebrows because it was one of those episodes where he was just for no reason, like full like Vulcan Romulan level. Yeah. Uh, eyebrows. And I was just uh, first of all, Stephanie, love you. Second, Yeah, like there was something about bald men. Yeah, they they had their blind spots in the in the Marvel bullpen. Skin colors, cultures, bald men all done a a, a vague disservice uh, by the team at that point. Uh, but they got, mm. they got better.
0: Yeah, I think Glenis Ween uh, for the most part did a really good job with the colors in this book. So.
1: Oh yeah, no oh, colors are good totally. Colors pop. It's just like earlier Sinjin has more of like a he has more of like a luscious lip situation. He's giving me more like bad sexy daddy kind of energy. But yeah, that scene at the end and maybe, I don't know, maybe this is a deliberate choice. Maybe this is like Wolverine working out some of his daddy issues and like unconsciously he's projecting an image of Xavier on him because he's a manipulative sociopath that sends children off to fight. Sorry, again. I, uh,
0: That's the story. It's not even another, another time. This yeah. <laughs>
1: This is about Wolverine. This is a great sort of if you want to go digging in the crates before whatever happens with perhaps uh, in the comics, an island going crazy and trying to eat everyone again. That's what my money's on. Or before we start bringing new and old folks back or across in the live action. I think this is a great sort of primer for anybody who wants to be that jerk. That's like, well, actually, in the original blah, 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 blah. This is great. It's yeah. like always or good to go back. For anybody who just wants
0: to read a story and yeah. maybe enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, if
1: you want to, see, or if you like. If you like seeing people get stabbed a lot,
0: it's awesome. There you go. There you go. Definitely. So check it out. We've come to the end of another episode of Back Issue Bloodbath. Petula, where can people find you?
1: At inatiff.com, on Twitter at obesa-kantawit, O-B-E-S-A-C-A-N-T-A-V-I-T, and here with you.
0: And of course, you can find everything I do over at geekardshow.com. Follow me on Twitter at geekard. Follow this very show on Facebook at Back Issue Bloodbath, where we post new episodes every week. Of course, the easiest way to make sure you don't miss an episode is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice, be it the iTunes, the Apple Podcast, the Google Podcast, the Stitcher, the TuneIn, the Spotify, wherever you catch your pods. And please, while you're there, leave a five-star rating and review because it helps with the analytics. And the more people that know about us, that's a good thing because that it's just a good community to have, you know, to know that there's others out there listening to the same thing you are, that you're all under the same moon. This has been Back Issue Bloodbath. I've been Andrew Young.
1: I've been Patel
0: Have yourself a good...